Welcome everyone to the podcast where we hit the road to talk about public health, bringing you the latest and greatest. Diving into topics across our county and beyond to discuss how public health works to make communities wonderful places to live, work, and play. We're your hosts, Carmen and Elena, and this is Health Health on on Wheels. Wheels. Welcome back, everyone. Very excited for this episode. We're talking all about vaccinations. But before we get started, we do want to clarify something from the start. This episode, like I said, we will be talking about vaccination. And we understand that the the decision to whether or not get a vaccination, any vaccination, is very personal. Regardless of which decision you make, it's important to be informed about vaccines, how they work, and how they can protect you. That's our job as a public health department. So this episode's goal is to provide you with information about those topics so you can make the right decisions for you and your family. With that being said, I'm so excited to welcome Star Roden, public health nurse, and David Hatley, epidemiologist, to share everything immunization related. And honestly, I'm definitely going to be learning right along with all of our listeners. So welcome, guys. Hello, hello. Thank you. And we're just going to kick it off with the question that we ask everyone, and that is, what is public health to you? What is public health to me? I would say four years ago when I started public health, it was giving vaccines. That's what my job was. I was the vaccine coordinator. So I was all things vaccine um, Monday through Friday, giving vaccines to kids, um, babies, teenagers, and adults, um, making sure that um, they were up to date on what was scheduled Not only um, what they needed for school, but, um, you know, as adults, what what was recommended for adults, too. So um, I didn't get to know what public health was, the other aspects of public health, really, until COVID. And we had to start pulling um, resources. Um, What is a community partner? You know, what is, um, what does environmental health do? I'm still learning. It's, it's a learning process every day, every day. David? Yeah. So public health to me, um, is a branch of medicine that really focuses on protecting and promoting the health of kind of the entire population or the entire community, um, more rather than just individual patients, um, it really involves addressing health, pro- health problems and risk factors that affect large groups of people, such as entire communities. Um, and public health encompasses a wide range of activities, um, you know, disease surveillance, outbreaks of response, uh, health promotion and education, policy development and advocacy. Um, and public health is not only about treating illnesses and diseases, but also about preventing them, uh, promoting health and well-being, and creating equitable and sustainable societies that was great you should write a textbook that was good he's the smart one <laughs> that's why we hired him because he's the the epi the smart yeah the smart one so um i think something that is shocking for some people is this is a made-up scenario but let's say the governor decides he's going to make an executive order today that says the health departments are only allowed to provide our mandated services. So what we are mandated to do by the Ohio Revised Code or the ORC, as you'll often hear us say. 
and immunizations would be on that. So talk to our listeners a little bit about why immunizations are so important and so important that they are deemed a mandated service. Yeah, okay. Um, So by mandating certain vaccines, uh, local health departments aim to ensure that a high percentage of the population are immune to a disease like measles or polio or pertussis. Um, And that helps protect individuals who cannot receive vaccinations due to medical reasons. Um, This is what's known as herd immunity. Um, When a high percentage of the population is immune to a disease, it makes it difficult for the disease to spread, uh, which reduces the risks of outbreaks and epidemics. So there are several vaccines that are mandatory for places like school. So our our kindergartners have to have certain vaccinations and um, colleges, a lot of colleges, I think all colleges will require kids to have certain vaccinations. Can you tell us a little bit about the ones that are required and, and why those are mandated for certain high traffic, high population areas? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, some of the required vaccinations, um, for children going in the to schools like kindergarten and stuff are things like measles, mumps, rubella, polio. Um, they're all mandate mandated because they're serious illnesses. Um, and if they manage to not kill someone, um, you can have lifelong disabilities or severe complications. Um, they're very, uh, transmissible and, and, you know, uh, cause a lot of problems. And we are seeing a dip in our childhood vaccinations and not just in Knox County, but I think across the nation starting to see a dip in some of those, uh, mandatory vaccines. Star, is that something that you're seeing here in Knox County, just working in vaccinations and as a public health nurse? Um, absolutely. And obviously the COVID-19 pandemic played a role in that when, um, we couldn't get to the doctor and people couldn't come in for their vaccines. So we are playing catch up with, um, with the folks that want to get caught up on those vaccines and it's never too late to get caught up. Um, you don't have to start over. So if you had your child had three doses of, um, you know, their polio or their DTAP, we'll pick right back up and we have schedules, um, already planned out for when we're catching up. So that is something that we're still doing, and we offer those vaccines uh, Monday through Friday here in, here at the health center in Mount Vernon, and we go to um, different places throughout the community actually to offer those vaccines. Okay, so that's really helpful, but let's say, you know, I have, I know some people that are having children, and um, I have a friend who recently had a baby, and one of the things that she was saying was that maybe it's not necessary for a chickenpox vaccine or a measles vaccine because she herself has never seen anyone contract that. Um, and and the, I, my argument to her was that it was because of vaccination. And is there anything you guys want to add about how effective it is to mandate vaccines um, because you know, we are on the way to hopefully not having these diseases through successful vaccination. Do you have anything you want to add, David? No, sure. Yeah. I mean, so I'm, I'm, I think everybody's pretty familiar with, with smallpox and its eradication. Um, those were through, you know, mass vaccination campaigns and public health education, um, that that was able to, you know, and, and sound policy, you know, uh, uh, and it was able to be eradicated. Um, and there are other diseases like, like guinea worm that's on the verge of being eradicated. And polio was, you know, endemically eradicated in 
uh, in certain countries like the United States um, for years and years and years. Um, but, you know, because of policy failures and people's hesitancy to get vaccinations, um, even polio has started to make a comeback. I mean, we were worldwide, we were on the verge of eradicating it. Um, and it was, again, eradicated in, in, you know, some developed countries like the United States and, and places in Europe. Um, so, you know, that's, that's mainly why I would urge people to, for their childhood vaccinations, it, it, you know, it, it may not be, you know, take chickenpox, for example, it may not be incredibly uh, deadly, but some of the complications are things you have to live with the rest of your life, and it's just not worth it, you know. I mean, a, a vaccine's very simple and, and easy, um, and, and your, your kids then live a normal, healthy, long life, and, and risking a complication isn't, just isn't worth it. I think it's important to note that what we just said was that smallpox is the only disease that we have successfully fully eradicated, and that was through the success of vaccination, mass vaccination, um, and, and education. So thinking back to that, you know, we were on the verge of eradicating some other things, and then it didn't happen because of whether it was mistrust of vaccine or, you know, bad information. So I do want to iter- reiterate that vaccination is the key to eradication um, as well as education. But I think that's such a good point to bring up that just because you have not seen a disease personally or you don't know anyone that's ever had it doesn't mean that it's not still there. Um, We're starting to see, like David said, cases of polio um, in the United States again. So do with that information what you will. I think now's a good time to mention that we have seen a measles outbreak in Knox County before. Um, This was about well, seven years ago, I think, at this point. Um, but it's definitely something that can happen here. Um, I know a lot of times people think outbreaks and they think urban communities, but um, the measles outbreak definitely happened here in Knox County. Um, and then in Franklin County, they are still kind of in the midst of dealing with their measles outbreak. There's been several outside of Franklin County. Yeah. Um, I don't know the exact communities off, off or counties offhand, but yeah, several, like four or five different counties. Absolutely. Um, in addition to that, the the cases that Franklin County, the last time I checked, I believe the number was 85. That was at the end of last week, so I did not check this morning. Those were confirmed or probable cases um, in Franklin County. We did, I can confirm that we did have um, Knox County residents that were contacts of confirmed cases that they had the potential to get measles either because they were in close proximity to somebody that was confirmed and they did not have the appropriate um, vaccines or um, they didn't finish the vaccination um, series. So um, the potential was there. We were, you know, preparing behind the scenes if and when it happened and knock on wood, it didn't. So... Um, it's there. The potential's there. We have seen a couple pertussis or whooping cases or whooping cough cases in the county um, over the last couple of months. Um, so that's something else to uh, think about. Whooping cough is not just a bad cough that can your child can get for a few days. It also can cause lifelong um, um, problems in children and adults. So um, we have the vaccines to protect you. Come get them. 
And there's, do we have like a, a schedule of vaccine? Like if a, if a parent were to call in and say, or someone who's about to be a parent, I'm, you know, I'm a new parent or I'm going to have a kid in a couple months. Is there a place where I can go and see when my child needs the vaccinations and what they're getting at their four month, their six month? Is that something that we have available to people? Absolutely. We have tons and tons of information about vaccines. We can put in any color chart, pie graph that you want and I would expect that most pediatricians or obstetricians also have that information the CDC um, immunizations you know go the cdc.gov you can go there and find that ODH also has information about um, their vaccines but um, of course knoxhealth.com we have the information as well or give us a call right here I'll talk to you about it I will link our um, our immunization information on our website um, in the, the episode notes. So if you are a soon-to-be parent, a new parent, or if you are just curious about your own vaccination status, you can look that up. Um, we also can pull vaccine records if you aren't sure um, if you received vaccines when you were younger or just want to know if you need um, you know to re-up on anything. I've done that. I've come in and asked, you know, is my whatever my my whooping cough my is everything up to date for me um you know before I go hang out with my you know look the little kids in my life so yeah um so we were talking about mandated vaccines and there are some that are so you know a little kid is going to go to kindergarten and they need their their MMR and, and and a few others but they aren't necessarily mandated to have, let's say, a flu shot. So can you kind of help people understand why there are some vaccines that are mandated and some that are considered optional, I suppose, would be the best word for that? Yeah, I can I can elaborate on that a little bit. Um, some vaccines are mandated, I guess, uh, or required by law or organizations or businesses um, because they're considered essential for protecting public health. Um, these vaccines typically recommended by public health organizations and have been proven safe and effective through extensive research and clinical trials. Um, mandating certain vaccines, uh, such as those for childhood illnesses like measles, pertussis, um, helps to ensure that a high percentage of the population is immune to the disease, um, which in turn helps to protect vulnerable individuals who cannot receive the vaccines um, for medical reasons or whatever the reason be. Um, and like I said earlier, this is known as herd immunity. Um, when a high percentage of the population is immune to the disease, it makes it difficult for it to spread. Uh, and that's, that's, I mean, that's the goal in, in keeping people safe is preventing, um, you know, the explosion or, or uh, you know, transmission of, of the diseases. Um, uh, yeah, and certain organizations or businesses may require certain vaccines for employees or visitors. Um, for their own safety, for example, healthcare facilities may require certain vaccinations for healthcare workers um, who might be at risk or higher risk for contracting certain diseases. That was very helpful. Thank you. So, obviously, all vaccines are different, and and the way that maybe they're produced. Um, and is there a way, I guess, to sum up sort of the general science behind how vaccination works? Is there like a like an analogy or, or something that we can help, you know, so people understand that this is the science behind a vaccination. Sure. Yeah. So the, the most common analogy that's used uh, quite a bit to explain how vaccines work um, is, is the lock and key, uh, you know, analogy. 
Um, so a disease-causing microbe like a virus or bacteria is a key um, that can open a lock. Uh, when a person gets vaccinated, um, their immune system is shown like a, like a mock key or a fake key, um, which would be like a weakened or an activated form of the virus or, or I'm sorry, of the, um, yeah, of the virus or microbe used in the vaccine. Um, and that's used to create like a memory um, so the cell recognizes it so it can fight off the real key or virus or microbe when it comes along. So essentially we are like faking our bodies out when you get your vaccine. You're like, hey, you might come in contact with this. So here's the the tools that you need to fight that off should it be the real thing next time. Yeah. Or uh, maybe like a security system. And it's like, well, if you hang pictures of the possible intruders on the wall, then if they come inside the building, you can see the pictures and be like, oh, no, you can't come in here. So those are those are two common common analogies, I guess, that that kind of help. Yeah, that's very helpful. I like to think of it that way is it's your body's security system. Awesome. Um, so what is the immunization process like? I think a lot of people don't understand just really what goes into keeping vaccine services running here at the health department. So, you know, what is it like basically from start to finish? You know, are, do, do we like order vaccine off Amazon? Like what is, how, how do we get it from point, point A to in, Amazon Prime. In, into someone's arm? <laughs> The vaccine process first first there's training i mean we we do have to be trained on the storage and handling and administration of vaccines so um once we have that training um we go to different websites so the ohio department of health is one of our main websites where we do order um i shouldn't say the ohio department of health it's actually an inventory uh website through the Ohio Department of Health for vaccines for children. Um, and so they they provide um, a, a great deal of our vaccines. And then there are private um, private companies that we order our vaccines from. So we determine how much we're going to order based on um, prior year um prior year of what we had given. So for the flu shot, for example, I think we generally order about 2000 per year um, since I've been here anyway. So that just is one thing. And, and we have to store those. We have to count them when they come in. We have to check the lot number. Um, of course, we want to use um, the vaccines that are going to expire first, just like you do in your fridge. You got two containers or something. You want to use the one that's going to expire first. So we have to make sure that our inventory is rotated. Um, once somebody shows up to get a vaccine, we um, like to pull their um, their vaccine history from the state database. Um, that database went into effect around the late 90s, early 2000s. So if you're born before that, and your vaccine history was not put in there, then it's likely that your history isn't in there. So you may you may have history in there, you may not. If you're an, a child or an, a teenager, your history is going to be in there. So we're going to know which vaccines you're due for. We can then talk to the parent, let them know these are the vaccines that your child is due for. This is why they're recommended. These are the diseases that they're going to protect them from. And the parent then decides 
if they want to get all of the vaccines or one or two. And a lot of times we just give all of them and make the appointment for them to come back. Might be a couple years, might be five years. <laughs> Depends on the age of the child. You know, two months to two years old, we're going to keep you here for 15 minutes after we give you those vaccines. We want to make sure um, there's not going to be any adverse reactions. We don't want to give you those vaccines and put you in the car and you put your baby in and you're going down the road and there's, you know, something happens. We're keeping you here 15 minutes. If something happens, we have those medications that um, we can help you. So we'll keep you here anytime we give you something new. Make sure you get your next appointment scheduled and um, talk about talk to you about what vaccines we gave, which ones we're going to give next time. Make sure all of your questions are answered, too, so that you go home with all of the information um, you need to be comfortable. Yeah. And we, of course, um, you know, if you're scheduling those appointments for your kiddos, we obviously they're coming into the building. But there are times when we do vaccination clinics um, and those typically are no appointment, right? You can come in. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. you're talking about for flu. or When we do flu, we did the drive through COVID, which I mean, right. if you want right. to talk about organization. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that was a well-oiled. Organized, well, chaos. Yeah. It was a well-oiled <laughs> machine, though. People were just driving on through the fairgrounds and here we were. Yeah, we, we got good at that. Yes. So we do have some um, instances where like if, if, you know, as flu season approaches, so next year, you'll start to see us advertise for flu clinics. Um, we may also do the same thing for a COVID vaccine if people are getting their booster around the same time that, um, you know, they're getting their flu shot. Um, so we, you'll we see. We don't have any information about more boosters for COVID, so I don't want people to think that. If you have the newest bivalent booster right now, you are up to date. There you go. From the public health nurse herself. Um, yeah, so you'll start to see us uh, advertise more for, for our, our clinics, our vaccine clinics. And, of course, anytime um, we are going to do those. You can check our Facebook. We'll always have that up to date. And typically we also do, um, some type of news release or something that, uh, indicates, you know, when those dates will be. Cause I know sometimes that's easier than scheduling an appointment just for a flu shot, you know, come to the clinic and then get your shot and leave. All right. So we talked about why vaccinations are so important. We talked, we had a great analogy about, um, how they protect your body, which that's great. I'm going to use that all the time now. And then we sort of, we, we talked a lot about the process, but also too, what I want everyone to understand is, you know, we do a lot to keep our vaccines safe. So they're in, they're in fridges. The fridges have the, the lock on them, correct? Oh, yes. oh yeah. Yeah. They're locked. They're under lock and key. Yes. And Temperature controlled. We have yes. to check the temps morning and night. I guess I kind of glossed it. You kind of forget what you do because it <laughs> becomes such a routine. Yes. <laughs> yes. We have to record that. And if those get out of, you know, temperature, matter of fact, when the, um, um, excuse me, the pipe bursted mm-hmm. over Christmas, our vaccines had to be moved so that they did remain under the, you know, remain within that threshold. So those are something we want to protect because lots of money. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we take that very seriously. And there, there have been instances where we have had to eat the cost of vaccine because something happened, whether it was an electrical thing and the fridge went down for way, you know, longer than what is appropriate or what is safe. And, and rather than, you know, 
not try to lose money. What's most important is that we're keeping everyone safe. So we have had instances where we have um, had to toss vaccine and it's never fun. It's always it's always sad because we know that that's a very valuable um, tool in, in our prevention efforts. But the biggest piece is that our vaccines are safe and we go through a lot of lengths to keep them safe. So I just want to make sure that everyone understands that as well. Um, we have talked about a lot of things today. I feel like that was a very good summary of just a brief summary of vaccination. And of course we could talk for hours and hours about the science of vaccine and go, go through all the arguments about what we think is safe or not safe. And, um, there's a million things that we could talk about, but we wanted to give everyone just sort of a brief overview of vaccinations, walk you through the process, walk you through some of the science and help explain why certain things are mandated. Um, but before we go, I do want to ask the two of you, if you had to sum up kind of one piece of advice that you wanted our listeners to really take away from this podcast, what would it be? Yeah, I think listeners should take away um, that the health, that local health departments are on your side more than anyone else. Um, we live, we work, you know, we shop, we walk the same places as everyone here. Um, we're your friends, your family, your aunts, moms, sons. Um, and we're, we're part of the community and we want the community to be healthy because we live here and, you know, we love the people here and they're our friends and we want to, you know, want it to be good. So we would never do anything to, to compromise that trust or compromise that, that relationship because that's our relationship to ourselves as well. Um, you know, we're, we're professionals that, that study very hard to get to, to where we are. Um, and this is not a high paying career. Um, so it's we didn't we didn't come here for that. We came here because we we care. Ms. Star, anything to add? I think that is great. I think David did great. You know, we we do live in this community. Um, the vaccines that I recommend, um, and ever since I became a nurse, when anybody asks me my advice for anything, I almost always say this is the same advice I would give my mom, my daughter, my children. So I have grandkids. I would recommend these vaccines to my grandkids. I have vaccinated um, my mom and my stepdad. So um, if you want advice on vaccines, I am more than willing to talk to you about it. If you want reliable sources about vaccine information, I am more than happy to provide that. Um, look for reliable information, please. What would be some of those sites? When you say reliable, where would you try to direct people? Well, I think, I think the, the local health department's website is, you know, should be always your go-to. Uh, you know, we would never put anything on there that would be, you know, compromising in any way. Um, again, you know, we, we, we care. So we try to keep our website updated and, and ready with the information available to, you know, the residents of Knox County. Um, and then, you know, if you want to broad, you know, broaden further out, you could go to ODH's website um, or even the CDC's. But, you know, definitely our website is, is up to date and, and good to go. Anything you need should be there. I will link um, the CDC website, the Ohio Department of Health website, as well as, as our website. Um, and I think really what they're both getting at is that your neighbor's sister's cousin's Facebook post is not... Um, an accurate and reliable source, unless your neighbor's sister's cousin happens to work for the CDC or ODH or works at Knox Public Health and is sharing one of our posts. So I would just, you know, be cautious. 
um, and, and where you find your resources. And I'll be sure to link everything that we talked about along with any additional resources um, that we may come up with. So um, I have one last final question for you. And then we're going to play a little game. And then you guys will be free to go. I'll close this out. And then we're all going to go to lunch. It's uh, 1042 and we're already all hungry. So um, last question is, what is it that you love about public health? Why, why are you here? Why do you love this career? What I love about public health is that I feel as if my career can go a bunch of different avenues. Um, as I said, I, I started as the vaccine nurse. So for over a year straight, I, I provided vaccines. So wasn't really doing much different on a day-to-day basis. As the communicable disease nurse now in my role, I do see, um, most days I see different things. Um, I'm calling folks that, you know, unfortunately have an infectious disease. And so I'm calling to do an investigation, um, and ask questions about that. A lot of times I might be learning, I need to learn or I need to, um, figure out what this disease is before I call, you know, I might have heard of it before, but what questions do I need to ask from the public health standpoint? Um, why do, when I call this person, um, you know, I need to make sure that, um, do I need to make sure that they're isolating? Do I need to tell them, you know, don't go to work, you know, if they're having symptoms still, um, stay home until those symptoms are resolved or do you work in food service? Okay. Well, you need to get retested before you go back to work, you know, those depending on what it is. So there are so many, um, so many different ways, I guess, even communicable disease could go. And I want to, I want to find out where that goes, you know, beyond COVID, beyond COVID, because buddy, I'm tired of that. In the rear view, we left it. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. We still think about COVID. Obviously we have to. And I still see COVID cases. So, I mean, I'm not doing the investigations, but there's, it's still there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, definitely still there. And, you know, we weren't going to spend our whole time talking about the COVID vaccine on this, on this episode. Um, but it's not something that we obviously have forgotten or is in their rear view as I made a joke before. So still very much a part of star's life. David. Yeah. So, um, I guess I love science. I've always really liked science. I had a really great uh, science teacher in the eighth grade who really um, kind of uh, blossomed that uh, that that love of me, you know, in me and stuff. Um, and I really had a passion for health and understanding inequalities. Um, the more I studied and worked, I realized public health was kind of the field that really interested me within both those categories. Um, it really offered me, uh, you know, uh, a way to to address uh, health issues, and also within the science field. You know, um, I, I guess an analogy I like to use for for public health is um, if if people are falling into a river and you're pulling people out of the river, you know, a mile down, that's an important job. It's a very important job. But in public health, we kind of have to figure out why people are falling in the river and prevent that. Um, because if you don't prevent it, you're just going to continue pull, you know, continue to pull people out of a river. Hits the nail on the head. Cause we are all about prevention and what a more appropriate way to, to summarize, um, 
you know, why you chose this career than to reference prevention, which is all vaccination is meant to do. Well, we are going to play a fun little wrap up game to get our spirits back up since we were talking about some heavier stuff. So we're playing a game. It's called this or that. We do this with all of our guests. Um, it's really simple. I ask you a question between two things and you say the first thing that comes to your brain. So which one you would prefer? Um, so like an example, if I ask myself dogs or cats, obviously the answer is dogs. You guys know me. All right. So I'm going to ask and you guys can shout it out. You can go at the same time. There's no rules here. So are we ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Uh, chocolate, unless it's cake, then it's vanilla. Same. I don't like chocolate cake. Yeah. It's always dry. Yeah. Vanilla cake. White cake is where it's at. Yeah. My husband makes a fabulous chocolate cake. Okay, well, we're waiting. You can feel free to bring some in. <laughs> it's almost Valentine's Day, so I'll probably have one. Ooh, well, I'll, you just give me a call. I'll make sure I'm here that day. Movies or TV? TV. Yeah, probably TV. Uh, movies are sometimes just too long for me to sit through. I know. Why are movies two hours? I fall asleep. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Mountains. Okay, well, you guys are wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> Mexican food or Chinese food? Oh, yeah, I did it. Probably Mexican food. Uh, I mean, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just because Star said Mexican food, I'm going to say Chinese food. Okay. Um, a paper book or reading on a Kindle or like a reader, e-reader? Audio book. Definitely paper book. Okay. Small dogs or big dogs? We have a small dog, but I don't mind big dogs either. I've had both, but right now we only have a small dog. I'm all dogs. <laughs> I yeah, I agree. All dogs. I have a big dog, but yeah, all, all dogs. Country music or rock music? All of it. I everything from A to Z. Like, even, like, screamo metal, like, rock music? Um, I could see it. There have been times that has come across the Apple music. But, yeah, um, uh, rock, country, gospel, bluegrass, praise and worship, all of it. She's diverse, ladies and gentlemen. David? Um, uh, probably rap music. I'm, I'm not really a big fan of country music. Um, I guess I also listen to salsa music, but, yeah. All right. Sunrise or sunset? I would say sunrise for me. I'm an early bird. Uh, sunset, just because I don't want to get up early. I do, but I, I don't necessarily want to. But let me clarify, I am probably a morning person because I usually wake up in, you know, a very good mood. So I don't think I've ever seen you in a bad mood. Well, I try not to be. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen him in a bad mood. I don't think you can say the same for me. <laughs> same, same. I come to work and sometimes it's just, it is what it is, guys. It is. I'm like a mainline in caffeine today. We're just going to see where this lands, okay? Everyone, everyone just proceed with caution. All right. Well, that's all we have for the game. Thank you guys for participating. I always love to learn more about our guests and, and what people prefer. Sometimes they surprise me and sometimes I feel validated because I'm like, I know my coworkers so well. Um, so I'm going to close this out, but I just want to thank you both for taking the time, um, to record this and for sharing this really valuable information. So 
In closing, I do want to mention that we as public health practitioners are always going to advocate for immunizations, especially for infants and kids and those who are immunocompromised and who can safely be immunized. Um, We do understand and respect bodily autonomy of an individual, recognizing that, of course, it is your body and it is your choice. However, if you are someone who chooses not to be immunized with any of the numerous vaccines or vaccinate your child or children, there are consequences to those decisions. Those consequences are your responsibility to bear. Knox Public Health believes in the science of immunization and their proven effectiveness to save lives. If you have questions about these immunizations, please reach out to us at 740-392-2200 and ask to speak with a public health nurse. We are your local health department, and we look forward to doing everything we can to keep you in safe and healthy condition. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you have questions about anything we discussed or want to see how you can get involved with public health in your community, make sure to reach out to us. You can find all of our contact info at knoxhealth.com or reach out directly through the Knox Public Health Facebook page. Catch us next month with another episode. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and be well, everyone. Bye.